Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor in Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect in this coming year on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, welcome to week 27 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Hope that you've made that commitment to listen weekly because it's going to be a good year. Uh, Last week, we were heavenly minded. We discussed some common misconceptions about heaven. But Pastor Tommy, truth be told, there's also another place people's souls go to, and it's a place called hell. But we aren't to take that lightly. So what's happened is there's a lot of misconceptions out there, aren't there? Yeah, there certainly are some misconceptions about hell, and we're going to talk about those misconceptions today. But before we do, Trey, how are you doing this morning? I am tired. Yeah, because we are recording this episode of the podcast on the Tuesday morning after the college football national championships, yes, we where are. last night you stayed up till well past midnight to watch your beloved Clemson Tigers mm. fall Go to the mighty hard. LSU Tigers. Yes, we did. Hey, did you know I was a student at LSU? I didn't know that. No, yeah, I sure was. I, I, I say I was a student. I, I took uh, one class there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. When well, I was working on my PhD, I had to have a foreign language to get into the PhD program. Mm-hmm. So I went to LSU for a semester and took Latin. Wow. So I was actually LSU student. So you speak. You it's sp- my school. You speak that dead language fluently? No. Oh. <laughs> no, I do not at all. But my school won last night. Oh yeah. I'm not That's LSU. Right. Fan. I really don't like LSU as a football team, but it is my school because I went there for one class. Years ago, my, you, my friend can identify with yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, so you stayed up till well past midnight last night, and I'm, I'm assuming you were a little bit disappointed. Oh, yeah, very disappointed. Now, let me ask you this question Have you ever been to a college football bowl game? Yes, I have. I really? went to the original national championship game, I was there. The ori- that was like in the 30s, or when was that? That was 82, right? 82, oh, okay, 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 okay. So, good for you. I went to the Sugar Bowl. Several years back when Georgia was playing in the Sugar Bowl, I think mm-hmm. it was, they were playing Hawaii that year, so it was a long time ago. Um, it was a pretty neat experience, right? To it go was to a bowl game? Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably know this, Trey. Um, to go to the college football national championship game this past year, or, well, yesterday for us, it was, it was pretty expensive. Yeah, I think it's thousands. Yeah, so I looked it up because I was curious. So the average price of a ticket to the college football national championship game last night was $2,863. Yeah, I don't know how you... Can you imagine taking your family of four or five to that? I spent 15. (laughs) I spent nothing. (laughs) Exactly. That's the only way I can go. (laughs) Right, right. So $2,863. That's a lot of money for a ticket. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so so that was the average price. Mm -hmm. But for a bargain... For a bargain, oh, okay, a good. bargain, you could get in for $1,105. Well, the, let's go. We, right? should, we shouldn't have missed the game. Can you imagine paying that much money no. for it? And I know people do it, and that's how they want to spend their money. That's their business, whatever. That's how they enjoy spending their money. I'm not going to judge them for that, but that's a lot of money to go to a football game. So imagine last night, right? So they played in New Orleans, and in New Orleans, obviously the, the stadium was packed with LSU fans because it's just an hour up the street to Baton Rouge, and but there were lots of Clemson fans that mm-hmm. made the trip. Mm-hmm. So you imagine the cost. And I, I lived in New Orleans for, for about a decade. You know, to stay in a hotel in New Orleans during something like this event, you're talking about four hundred, five hundred dollars yeah. a night just for that alone. Then you paid, you know, almost three thousand dollars a ticket to go. So imagine last night, Trey, thousands of Clemson fans. Once the game ended, 
Can you imagine the disappointment? Oh man, the regret you spent must thousands have been and deep. Thousands of dollars to attend a game, and your team. Now, I mean, if you'd have won the game, it'd have been worth the investment, right? I mean, uh, I guess maybe. Well, maybe. But to spend that much money and to come away disappointed. That's a bad night, right? I hope a lot of people didn't go into debt over it, but I'm afraid oh, they did. Oh, man. You know? So you think about disappointment, and we all experience disappointment in life. I can't think of a greater disappointment mm. than the topic we're talking about today. Yeah. Hell is an awful place. And, yeah. Uh, and so so here we are, and, and when we, I don't know about you, Trey, but when I even think about the idea of hell, I mean, I don't even want to talk about it, mm. you know? It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we talk about a topic like this, it, there should be a sense of, of seriousness mm-hmm. that it is a somber reality. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And it's a topic that, that, that even for us as, as pastors, it's a challenge to talk about because of how the Scripture describes it. And there are misconceptions about hell. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, that there's probably five misconceptions. Yeah, so we're going to talk, we'll talk about, about five today. misconceptions about hell. And, and man, so as you listen, uh, I want you to listen today with a serious heart, mm-hmm. knowing that this is a reality, honestly, Trey, that most of the world is going to experience. And for us, knowing that uh, this reality should compel us to share the gospel, to help people know that there is another option. I think, w- wasn't it... Um William Booth, or Booth, anyway, the Salvation Army man that actually mm-hmm. said that if we could just spend a day in hell, oh my know, goodness, the horrors of it, and oh my goodness. how it would change our mm-hmm. desire mm-hmm. to win people to Christ. No doubt, no doubt. So, so we got. All right, well, number one, hell doesn't exist. First misconception. Yeah, so I would say that even among Christians, right, uh, that there are probably Christians who kind of downplay the reality of mm-hmm. hell so much. They say, ah, it's just a myth. It's just a fairy tale that there really isn't a hell, that everybody ends up in heaven. Everybody ends up okay, right? So I think that is uh, certainly even among Christians an add to that hell doesn't exist, but certainly among people who are not followers of Jesus, I mean, they don't think about hell at all. And they, if you were to ask the common person on the street, hey, is hell a real place? I, I think the over- overwhelming response would be, no, it's not. That's mm. that Christian fundamental crazy talk, right? Right, right, yeah. But the reality is, yeah, the reality is scripture takes it very seriously. Scripture is very clear and very plain in the way that it presents hell. Mm -hmm. So, so if I were to define hell, I would define it in this way. Hell is a place of eternal conscious punishment for the wicked, Mm -hmm. for those who have rejected Christ, a place of eternal conscious punishment for the wicked, right? And so, so you Mm -hmm. think about it when you read the gospels, for example, and, and you know this, Trey. Jesus talks about hell more than he talks about heaven. That's right. And so, so think about some, some scriptures just where, where Jesus talks about the reality of hell. Mm. You have, for example, and I've just got a few here, uh, but there, there are lots of them. For example, you have Matthew 25, 41, when Jesus says, when the Bible says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Or Mark 9, 43. Jesus says, and if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And then you have the parable, which we briefly talked about last time on the podcast, where where Jesus tells a story of the rich man Mm -hmm. and Lazarus. And what a powerful story that is. That's in in Luke 16, 22 through 31, where where you have this vivid image of the rich man who had, had done so much wrong to Lazarus, right? suffering and torment. And he says, you know, let, can I just send Lazarus to warn, you know, my brothers and, and so they don't have to experience the torment that I'm experiencing now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's too late. 
can you imagine? Here, here he is consciously thinking of this. Man. I mean, he is, this is a wide awake situation. Right, right, you know, right. Go back and warn. Right. Mm. So, so, so when Jesus talks about hell, oftentimes in the New Testament, he compares it to a valley that was in Jerusalem, the Valley of Gehenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there several times. I've seen this valley in, in the New Testament times. It was a, a, a place, uh, it was a, a it was a landfill, if you will, I guess. In some ways, it was a place where they took their trash and mm-hmm. where the trash always burned. And, and that's what Jesus compared hell to, this, this unquenchable fire. But, but certainly, as you read through the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament, man, the, the Bible writers are convinced uh, that, that just like heaven is a real place, mm-hmm. hell is a real place as well. It's not something Jesus made up. It's not something just to scare us. It is a reality for those who reject the finished work of Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. Wow. You know, and it's not just Jesus that talks about it. It's throughout the, yes, throughout throughout the New Testament. Right, right, right. And, and the I Old think, Testament right, as right. well. And I think, you know, honestly for me, I think the, one of the reasons why Jesus talks about hell more than he does heaven is because he doesn't want us to go there. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's a warning. Believe. Turn to, to God. Repent. Because if you don't, this is what awaits you eternally, right? So you think about what, what Peter says in, in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but mm. that all should reach repentance. Wow. Yeah. So it is, I mean, it is this desire for people to come to him, yeah, God come to wants, Christ. Right, right, right. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, well, number two misconception is if hell does exist, it's not eternal, it's only temporary. Yeah, so I, I've seen this become more of a popular uh, train of thought in, in Christian circles over the last 20 years or so that, that, you know what, yeah, maybe hell is a real place, but it doesn't last forever, mm-hmm. right? So so uh, the, the, the fancy word we call this in theological circles is annihilationism, yeah. right? That, that, yeah, so people who reject Jesus, they go to hell and they suffer for a while and then there is a time that their suffering ceases, that they cease to exist, that they are annihilated. Mm-hmm. So, so hell is temporary suffering, and once that person has been punished enough, uh, then, then God just eradicates them completely. Now, there are cults that actually believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's sure. what they teach in practice. So. For sure. But that's not the way the New Testament describes hell, mm-hmm. right? Again, you think back again to Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus is talking about the reality of hell, and he says, uh, Then God the Father will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you, do, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, Right. Uh, but the righteous into eternal life. Or think about the, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, Revelation 14, 9 through 11. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength mm. into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. These worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. It's a real thing, man. I'm telling you. It's real and it's eternal. Well, to think that, you know, I think we think of the horrors of it, and we are so temporary-minded. It's Mm -hmm. just hard to imagine that this is going to go on for eternity. Yeah. We can't even get our minds around that, right? I mean, we Mm -hmm. can't get our minds around eternity in heaven. Because we, we are, are people who are bound in time. You're wearing a watch. I'm wearing a watch. We're counting down the minutes every day. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about eternity. It ne- we have no concept of what that means, that something never ends. 
But this is what Scripture says, that, that for those of us who follow Jesus Christ, that for us, life will never end in a good way. Mm-hmm. And for those who reject Jesus Christ, there will be punishment that never ends. Is that fair, Trey? Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to ask you. You know, you think God created a soul, but he created our soul to be eternal. So yeah. it has to it has to abide right, somewhere. Right, 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 right. And um, yeah. the we'll fairness talk more about of it. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk more about that in a minute. We'll okay. get another point we'll get to, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> okay. but, but what I want to, to just make sure that we understand is heaven is a real, excuse me, hell is a real place. It does indeed exist. And not only does it exist, for those who reject Christ, that punishment, it, it, it exists in hell forever. It does not end. I don't know if we're going to cover this, but you, you specifically said they would reject Christ. What about those who've never heard? So everyone has rejected Christ, whether you've heard the gospel mm-hmm. or not, right? If you choose to live your life in such a way where you live for yourself, mm-hmm. for your way instead of the way of God, you have rejected God, right? And I think Romans chapter 1 is very clear about this, where, where in Romans 1, Paul talks about, you know, God has actually made himself known to everyone, mm-hmm. that you can go outside and look up at creation right. and see there is a God. But even though God has revealed himself to everyone, no one acknowledges him as God. That's what we need. That's what we need, what we call special revelation for God to reveal himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ, right? So, so everyone, right? Romans 1 is clear. Everyone has rejected uh, God, mm-hmm. right? Romans 3, Paul says, there's none righteous, no one. We, mm-hmm. We've all turned aside. So in a sense then, well, the reality is everyone on the face of the planet has rejected God. And that is why missions is so important. Exactly, we right. have to tell those who have never heard. Right, right. So they'll and have an opportunity to know the God and, and stop rejecting him and start embracing him. And as Don shared with us this week, mm. uh, you know, there's a billion without access to the right, gospel. Right, right, right. So if they die, they go to hell. That's their eternal destiny. Sad, very sad, very, very sombering. Sad. Okay. Number three misconception, uh, hell is Satan's playground. And I think this is probably the one used in Hollywood most. Yeah, so if you watch cartoons, right, that's what you see. You see the devil in hell partying with everybody who's there, right? And, 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 and you've even heard it said by people, probably, I'd rather go to hell and party than go to heaven and, you know, sit on a cloud or whatever the case may be, right? I mean, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's there is say. this misconception where people think of hell as just this big party, maybe a hot party, but it's a big party, right? <laughs> hot, yeah. And, and, and the reality is, and even, you know, just the, the, the common thought of, you know, right now Satan is in hell and he is he's ruling over hell and he will be the king over hell and all that. That's not the scriptural reality. We know that right now, 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us, uh, that our enemy Satan is like a roaring lion mm-hmm. seeking to devour followers of Jesus. So, so Satan has not been bound to eternal hell yet. That is going to come when Christ returns, as the book of Revelation describes. Uh, but when, when, when God the Father finally damns a Satan to eternal hell, Satan is not going to be ruling there, is he? Mm-mm. No. He's going he'd to be, be bound be and just... punished and being punished for eternity. So so Satan's eternal destiny is not ruling over the kingdom of hell. Hell is not a kingdom mm-hmm. where Satan rules, right? Hell is punishment for all, right? All. That, that would mean, you know, for people who've rejected Christ, mm-hmm. but not only people who've rejected Christ, but, you know, spiritual beings who've like, rejected like God. Like Satan and his angels. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, that's they're going to suffer an eternity in hell. You know, and, and when you talk about this to people, I actually had, and this is a quote from Star Trek, which I don't know where it's quoted from before that, but I would rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. Mm. You know, mm. and to think that mm. somehow 
it's there's going to be this yeah, rule. Yeah, you know, it's, not true. it's just exactly. Yeah, and so go back. We, we read this verse already, yeah. but just go back to it real quick. Matthew twenty five forty one. Think again about what it says. Then he will say to those on his left, "Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for who? The devil. For and the his devil angels. and his angels. Right. Mm-hmm. So there it is. That that Jesus is very clear and explicit that this eternal fire it is for Satan. His, his demonic forces, and for those who've rejected Jesus Christ. In uh, Revelation 20, talks about the devil deceived them. He was thrown in the lake of fire. Yeah, so yeah. You, already, you already mentioned that. I just want to kind of get the scripture. Yeah, Revelation 29 and 10 says this. They marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so hell is not Satan's playground mm-hmm. at all. It is his eternal damnation. Amen. Or uh, I, I think one day we are going to say amen, but you know it just—it's still heartbreaking. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. Uh, number four, a misconception, and this is again one of those that you hear over and over again, especially around Christians. Uh, Christians tend to want to soft-foot it, mm. but a loving God cannot send people to hell. Okay, so when we think about God, and First John tells us this very clearly, right, that God certainly is love. Mm-hmm. I mean. He loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus for us, John three sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. But while, while God is completely the essence of love, he is also completely the es- essence of justice. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and so God, if he is God, he must deliver justice to those who have shaken their fist at him and said, God, no, I do not want you. I want my reign and my rule. You see, the the reason why I think we have the tendency to say a loving God cannot send people to hell is because we don't understand the serious nature of sin. Mm -hmm. Sin is not just simply a mistake or a mess up or oops, I didn't mean to do that. No, no. in, In God's economy, Sin is an absolute attack on his holy character and nature. Mm. Wow. Sin is serious, right? Yes. It's not, oops, I didn't mean to, I'll try not to do that again. Sin is, is war against God. I mean, the Bible talks about this. In, 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 in the book of Romans, Paul says that before we came to faith in Jesus Christ, we weren't friends of God. We were enemies of God. Mm-hmm. God changed us. He gave his son for us to, to, to make us his friends and his sons and daughters. But before Christ, we were at war because we were constantly saying to God, no, I don't want you. I don't want you. And the fact of the matter is, even if you're listening to this uh, today and you're not a follower of Jesus, yes, God does indeed love you, mm. right? He does. And in fact, if you're breathing right now, that is, is evidence that God loves you. Because, exactly. Because right now, God, in, in his sovereign design, he could choose right now to send a rebel like you to hell. Mm. But he doesn't. Today, if you're breathing, God is giving you another chance. That's right. He's extending, and we call it, in theological circles, we call it common grace, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we uh, do. That, 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 that everyone on the face of the planet right now, is ex- there's a difference between common grace and saving grace, but everybody on the face of the planet right now is experiencing what we call common grace. Mm-hmm. God is letting you breathe. Exactly. And as long as he's letting you breathe, you have an opportunity to know him and to turn from your sins and turn to him. So God does indeed love you. But for that person who continually rejects God, in a sense, God doesn't send that person to hell. That's what that person has chosen. Yeah. That person has chosen to reject God and to spend an eternity apart uh, from his saving grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a rejection. And no one is, I think uh, Spurgeon was the one that said, no one is in hell because somehow they, uh, 
the ideas about the rejection part. Yeah, they yeah. rejected. That's right. why they're there. It's right. not a matter of, you know, yeah. other so, things. Right. So, and, and we don't, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's difficult to think about. It's just difficult to put our minds around this thought. But, but the reality is, is everything God does is fair and right. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, maybe, you know, maybe that's not actually 100% accurate because he extended grace to you and me, saving grace to you and me. We didn't deserve it. No, so God gave not. us what we did not deserve. But if someone you know, spends eternity apart from, from the saving grace of God in hell, right? They've gotten what they deserve. Mm-hmm. They've gotten justice. They've gotten what is right. That's a hard pill to swallow. But when we understand the nature of sin and, and how, you know, destructive it is and that it is an affront to a holy God, God is right in eternally punishing those who all of their lives shaking their fist at him and said, no, not your will, but my will be done. What do you think about that phrase that uh, I, I guess uh, some of the Hollywood and singers and other things, only God can judge me. You know, shouldn't that scare you? That's what yeah, I always yeah, think. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah, Because uh, I want to I know him as my Savior, not <laughs> right, my right. judge. It, it, yeah. What, and God is the ultimate judge, yes. right? Um, but he's a, the ultimate judge who will give you what is, what is just. And mm-hmm. what is just for someone who has always rejected God, man, that, that's a, a tough punishment. Wow, yeah. All righty. Well, we are all, all the way to number five already. Um, number five misconception is that God would never let a good person go to hell. The problem is none of us are good. Oh, that's right. Right? Yeah. I mean, You're we all right. think we are, right? We all think we're, you know, compared to the next guy or compared to that guy over there. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I, I loved my wife. I was faithful. And, you know, I, I did some good things for my community. You know, I helped a little old lady across the street. I mean, I did some good things. But, but in God's economy... None of us are good because every one of us have chosen at one point or another in our life to say to God, not your will be done, my will be done, right? And so you think about what Paul says in Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none, we already talked about this, Mm -hmm. none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one. Trey, you probably remember before you came became a follower of Jesus. Oh, I do. You weren't seeking after God. No, I, I thought that if I did, it wasn't a seeking after God. It was a good thing, just exactly yeah. like you're talking about. And I thought God had this scale. Mm. And if mm. all my good stuff outweighed yeah. my bad stuff, then I'd go to heaven. If my bad stuff outweighed my good stuff, yeah. then yeah. I'd, go, I'd, I'd go to hell. But I come came to find out as I got older that, I had no chance because mm. there was much more bad stuff than good stuff. Right. Mm. So yeah, yeah, and that yeah. of course that's not even true at all. It only takes one. That's right. But the point is, is that even if we're trying, which I I was, had nothing to do with God, just trying to be good. Yeah, you end up not yeah. being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, none of us are good, right? And exactly. the reality is, the only reason why anyone uh, uh, any of us are followers of Jesus is not because we were seeking after God. It's because God was seeking after us. That's exactly right. He came to save us and to rescue us from our sin. Because the the picture that Scripture paints in Ephesians chapter 2 is that we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were spiritually blinded by our sins. We were not going to choose God. And so God came after us and rescued us. So none of us are good. And so, so, you know, God does not send good people to hell. Mm -hmm. Right? Bad people go to hell. And And that's all all of us. Exactly. Right? That's who we all are. Exactly. So if we are all bad, then what is it that allows us then to be in the presence of God yeah, if yeah, we're all yeah, bad? Yeah, the cross. 
That's it, right? Mm. The cross of Jesus Christ. And so if you think about it in this way, Trey, um, and I, I think it was it was C.S. Lewis and, and then Tim Keller came along and kind of said this in a more modern way. Um, Tim Keller said that, you know, the reality is, is, is hell is God ultimately giving people what they want. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah? So you think about that person who has rejected God, who says, you know, I'm going to live life my way and not God's way. For that person, for his entire life, he has been trying to get away from God. Mm-hmm. God, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with you. When that person dies and and spends eternity being punished for his rebellion against God, God has given that person what that person wants, an eternity away from his saving presence. Now, let me ask you this theological question. You ready? Yeah, man, go. Is God present in hell? <laughs> Psalm 139 seems to say that, but uh, wow, I well, don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah, yeah. So God is present everywhere. There is nowhere. This omnipresence he, of God. He's omnipresent. So yeah. even in a place like hell, God is present in a sense, right? He he is he reigns and rules over everything. He reigns and rules even over hell. Mm-hmm. So so here here's the reality. So for that person who experiences eternal punishment uh, for sin, they're not escaping the presence of God. Mm-hmm. What they're escaping is the saving grace of God, right? Because oh. and and here's here's the deal, and imagine this is this is the horror of hell, right? In in hell, all grace is gone, right? Even now, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this, you you're, you're under common grace. You're breathing, mm-hmm. right? You have a chance to say, "God, save me," and God will answer that prayer, right? But in hell, that chance is gone, and I think in hell you will be very aware of God's presence. Mm-hmm. But the presence of his wrath and judgment and his punishment for your sin, you see? And so, so, and, and here's the hell of hell. The hell of hell is you're aware of your sin. You're aware of the consequences of your sin. You're aware of the torment uh, that, that you're experiencing because of your sin. And, and, and in hell, you can cry out, God, save me, save me, save me, save me, all you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the hell of hell is God completely removes his grace. Mm. Can you imagine that, Trey? I can't. I, because I, every person, I like we said, every person right now, whether you realize it or not, you're under the grace of God. Mm-hmm. For, in hell, it's gone. There is no grace. And so you can begin to understand why this is such a serious matter and how this should compel us as followers of Jesus to share the gospel because there are people that need to understand both, like we talked about last podcast, the reality of heaven, but also the reality of hell. Mm-hmm. Well, hell is an awful place, and I don't know even awful even does it does it justice. But to think that we are without Christ, without grace, without all the things that uh, that as a believer it helped me get through. Yeah, you know, yeah. in very difficult yeah. times, I knew that He was there for me, and yeah. I just can't imagine living my life here without Christ. Right. But then to do that for eternity. Well, Pastor Tommy, this has been a very sobering uh, podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, why don't you close us out and just uh, remind us about what we need to be doing to. Be closer followers of Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, and, and if you're listening to this podcast today, uh, we, we know this is a very sobering topic that we've talked about today and, and probably a topic, honestly, that we need to talk about more, but, you know, we all hesitate to talk about it just mm-hmm. because it's so, um, you know, so, so sobering and so um, terrible, right? Uh, but if you have listened to this, we hope that what this has done for you today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, is encourage you to seek after the one who sent his son for you to seek after you. And so we hope that, that you will um, 
understand that God does not want to punish you forever. He wants you to experience his grace today. And so respond to it. Believe that Jesus died for you and rose again for you. If you are listening today as a follower of Jesus, we hope that what this does is that it compels you, compels you to be about the work of your Father, that you will share the gospel as often as God gives you opportunity to do so. And so take this today and and let God speak to you through what we've talked about today. And we hope that this has been helpful for you. And we also would like to ask you right now, as you are finishing listening to this podcast, to go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you have not already done so, so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, And if it's helpful for you, share it with a friend. But as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.